Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to our guest, the Director of Digital Services and Partner at Valentine Digital, Ryan Cote. Valentine Digital is a third-generation, family-owned direct mail and digital marketing company based out of Fairfield, New Jersey, that has been serving small business clients since 1966, when it was founded by Ryan's great-uncle. Ryan has been with his family's agency since 2003, and today he manages the growing digital marketing division. From lead generation to marketing strategy for small businesses, the company provides services that rise above the get-featured quick schemes so often attributed to digital marketing. Today, Ryan's going to share five ways to drive leads with digital marketing, and he will show why small business marketing does not mean small ideas. We'll learn what has worked from Ryan's experience, what could be avoided, and how some businesses are missing the mark. Ryan, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Hey, Stacey. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, what I love starting off our show with is having you tell the listeners a little bit about you and what got you to where you are today. So over to you. All right. Um, so on a personal note, I'm uh, married, three children, three daughters. Uh, they all dance. I'm a, I'm a dance dad. I've actually had a dance competition this weekend. So uh, in, from New Jersey, uh, and like you mentioned, I'm, I'm in my family's marketing agency. I've been in here since 2003. Uh, I graduated college with a marketing degree. Did not know I wanted to go into the family business. I had two other jobs outside of college. Um, and then at some point, I think when my youngest, no, my middle brother joined the business, I think it kind of planted a seed and that, you know, I started out as the marketing director of the company that was like 10 for 10 years. And then we added a, a digital division to the company. So we do direct mail and digital. And so I added the digital division to the company and that's been a pretty crazy ride because it was, you know, for 10 years I was just doing marketing, just a department of one. And now we've got a whole team here. Um, just trying to figure out how to grow the digital, uh, how to you know hire people for the for the team and you know manage clients? It's been it's been interesting last five years of my career trying to get that going. How have you seen digital change in recent years? Because it has changed and it's also gotten very much more social. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that with things that are changing is that the fact that the platforms are changing so much. You know, I remember SEO uh, used to be really honestly very easy, and now it's very difficult, and we still do a lot of it. It just takes a lot more strategy and and um, just resources to get it done properly. And that's that, I think that's the biggest thing. These platforms are changing so much that you have to stay on top of it. SEO, uh, even paid search, obviously social media. There's that's changing like every day practically. So I think that's the biggest thing is how do we keep driving leads for clients and results? Not, you know, for our clients, it's mostly leads, but it's not always just about leads. A lot of some of them want sales, some of them want brand awareness, but most of it's leads. Um, how do we keep on getting the client's results with everything that's like always like full, you know, always in change. And it's like our, probably our biggest challenge. And do you find that you work with more B2B or B2C marketers? Uh, right now it's B2B. 
Right now, it's B2B for sure. Uh, a lot of manufacturing, industrial type companies. We work with a lot of contractors, so that's B2C. Mm-hmm. And we're working with more dealerships. So I would say we're probably 60, 40 B2B versus B2C, maybe 70, 30. And do y'all get involved in any of um, inbound marketing, branded content, uh, anything along those lines? Or is it more strictly... Um, you know, straight SEO when you're doing those types of campaigns. No, it's, 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 it, it is inbound. It's mm-hmm. it, usually clients are hiring us for a whole like strategy, integrated strategy. Yeah. So SEO, paid search, content, social media, Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Usually it's just kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together on what's going to be best for them. Um, branded content. I'm not familiar with that though. That, that I'm not sure. We do content like blogs and mm-hmm. white papers, but I'm not sure about branded content. I think maybe because I say that because I'm in the world of Hollywood where we either work with other people's content or we consider, you know, you're creating your own, your own branded content. So that's my own terminology. I think that I just threw out there and totally, you know, <laughs> rocked your confusion. <laughs> no, okay. So we are doing branded content then. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I think that's what I see is the biggest differential. Um, across our clients is that at least now people are understanding that they need to blog. They need to actually create their own persona on uh, their website, on other platforms so that they're establishing their own expertise before they're um, trying to just advertise and shove themselves down someone's throat. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. So when we were chatting earlier, you were going to start talking about some of, you have like five ways that you like to, create and drive leads with digital marketing. Um, What is that secret sauce? How do you approach when you're working with a new client? Um, What's that ramp up? How do you go about it? Yeah. I mean, so I think we, we had to start from the, from, you know, the beginning and like the, really the foundations. So most of the stuff that we do, and I think most people listening, it's driving traffic to their website. And so we need to make sure that all the foundations are solid. So, you know, obviously a mobile friendly website. It sounds like these are like really like obvious things, but it's not always obvious. Like at least in the spaces that we play, that we, that we work with, it's that we're working. It's not always obvious. So I'm going to, I'm going to mention it anyway, but having a mobile friendly website. So mobile responsive, it passes Google's responsive check. And then on your phone, it's very usable and whatnot. Um, Loads fast. So load speed across desktop and mobile, super, super, super important. Um, Having a site that's really, um, it's, obviously put together, but it's free of any broken links, anything broken, broken images, having a really clean website. It's like if you were a fighter going, you know, going like a boxer or an MMA fighter, you know, you wouldn't go into the ring with like a sprained ankle, you know, you're going to be in like tip top condition. So I kind of look at that as a website. If you're going to try to generate leads for it with it, you know, try to make it in tip top condition. So mobile friendly, load speed, nothing broken. Um, And then the last part is like call to actions, We'll often get clients that have websites where there's not a real clear path to conversion. There's, you know, the contact page is buried, the phone number, where is it? I don't know. Oh, it's all the way in the footer we know where no one goes, like things like that, like trying to make it really obvious as to how you want them to contact you and then make it very easy for them to contact you. Um, and so we'll often play around with like the placement of buttons, the phone number and the header, a sticky bar that scrolls with you, uh, making the contact page very visible, opt-in forms, you know, it just vary. It depends on the client. It's so it was so, a very, I was yeah. Sorry. And I was going to say, I mean, I, you know, 
when we're looking at consumer websites, right? Like, like tra- traditional, like Nike's website, we're looking at brand websites, you know, their glitz, their glamour. And I think you're right. It, you know, you're saying these things are very simple and they should be, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of B2B marketers forget about really creating an understanding how to create a strong website and keeping it up to date and they're like i have a website it's good enough i don't need https what's that i'm fine with http um and they're still marketing even with www dot and not understanding that there's changes in the marketplace now yeah and i I forgot about the https that's good good reminder yeah secure urls is very important now too it's an seo thing but also for for you know lead uh lead generation because people trust the sites more um so, all right. So five ways. Should we dive into that? Yeah, we can. And I will say for anyone who's listening, who's like, what is she talking about? What's he talking about with HTTPS? Um, if you don't like change your website to that, there's like a little error message that everyone gets to see and it looks scary and you have a little X on your website. And that's like yeah. the best way to make people be like, is my information going to be compromised? And yeah. they'll just flee your website. Yeah. It says not secure in the browser, at least in Chrome. So it's, it makes it really obvious that, um, or it makes it it's, it's almost like a red flag, even though like, yeah. even if you're not selling something on your site, you, you, you still have a form on your site. So it does create that sort of doubt. And I think most people nowadays, cause most of the web now is secure. Yeah. So the, the amount of sites I have, they're not secure are the minority. So like, if that's you, then you're just setting yourself up for less leads, less conversions. Abandoning the ship as soon as someone lands. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's the foundational stuff. So you want to make sure you have all the foundational stuff, um, you know, rock solid before you start doing anything. Um, and then for us, I want to, you know, for the leads, I just want to go into the strategies and maybe give yeah. some tips along the strategies of things that we see that work and, um, you awesome. know, and what have you. Okay, I, can, I, can, I can learn from you. I mean, we're all, all about B2B leads and marketing. So I'm looking forward to this. All right. So first thing is, um, so these are the strategies, a little into tactics. So the first thing is uh, content marketing. So we look at content as, uh, as a SEO play because every piece of content you add to your site or branding content, um, you are keyword optimizing or you should be at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when we're creating content, we want to make sure that obviously the content is keyword optimized, it's well-written, it's, you know, thought leadership content, and then each piece of content has call to actions throughout the the blog posts, even at the end. So when someone's reading the blog, because the problem with blogs is typically it's attracting information seekers. So they're not necessarily looking to convert, um, but they're looking for information. But when we have them on the site, it's an opportunity to convert them. So they're reading it and then they're opting into, maybe they can opt into a newsletter or whatever, or a strategy session or inquire about whatever your product or services are. Um, and one thing we like to do with blogs is we'll create fresh content. We'll do like transcription strategies where we interview our clients and then we like extract their knowledge out of their brain. Then we turn it into a, a, a really like expert level piece of content. Mm-hmm. So we're always creating new content. But one thing that I think your audience could do that would be really valuable because we see on our end organic traffic always spikes when we do this is um, – take old blog posts and then kind of refresh them. So upgrade them, add more content to them. So maybe we have like a 600 word blog post that was doing well, or that is doing well. And then we add more content to it. So when you give Google more of what it already likes, we usually see an increase in organic. So then what that means is it's more eyeballs for your call to actions, which 
could lead in, could lead into more leads. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And when, and it's also good to refresh because your old blogs might have lost a little bit of um, relevancy if there wasn't something in there that was, you know, completely modernized. So you can yeah. bring it up more to date, which is kind of nice also. Yeah, and I, I agree. And also, you know, if you're doing paid search, you're probably doing remarketing, which means they leave your site, they see your banners. Um, it's an opportunity then to bring them back. So they, they, they're, they get to your content, they find it, Google ranks it, they come to your site, they're reading it. Maybe they don't click on a call to actions and convert into a lead. Um, but then down the road, they're seeing your banners and it's a better time for them and then they convert. So there's, that's why all these things kind of feed off each other. You're chasing them down. You're popping up in all of their lives as they're searching for what they're buying for uh, their baby shower for their friend the next day. And up, pop, you go. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> see a good example. Just go, go into Amazon, put something in your cart, yeah. and uh, you'll be haunted for, for your life. For life. That's you awesome. Know? How um, many blogs do you typically suggest that B2B marketers need to be doing on a, whether it's monthly or weekly basis? Like, what is your best numbers and suggestions? Our range is two to four per month. That's what we shoot for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in general, generally the more, the better, as long as, because, you know, as long as you're keeping the quality, up to a certain level mm-hmm. and you're, you have your checklist. We have a checklist for our content, you know, keywords and LSI, you know, related, related keywords in the content, internal links, external links, images. We have a whole checklist. As long as you're following that checklist for each blog, generally speaking, the more the better because, you know, you want to give Google more content to, to, um, to, I guess, absorb and to read. As long as the content is good, you don't want to just like four like crappy blogs, like 300 words with nothing going on. It's, that's going to end up hurting you more because then you've got this site that's, just bloated with all this thin, you know, subpar content. But if it's, if assuming the content's good, yeah, two to four is, is a, a sweet spot for us at least. Okay. Awesome. That's great. Okay. So that's tip number one, I guess. Yeah. Tip number one, sort of a tip 1.5 with the remarketing, but um, all right. So next thing is Google my business. This is more for local clients uh, or clients that, yeah, you know, clients that cater to a local audience, which is really probably a good chunk of, of people listening, but um, it's, it's becoming, and I'm actually going to tie it into even anyone that's not local because it's what we're seeing. It's becoming a, a big driving force for a lot of things. So Google, my business fuels Google maps. So clearly it's good for local, SC, local SEO, local clients, because people are using maps to find, you know, find a local business. Um, and then Google is injecting the local results in regular results. So for a local business, it's no brainer. Um, but we're even seeing uh, clients benefit from it that are more of like a national, have a national audience. Because for Google, when you fully utilize Google My Business between the reviews and the posts and everything, it's a really strong credibility authority signal to Google. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that benefit rankings even for clients that are not just local. Um, so I think this tip applies to really anyone listening. So the tip is go, go to Google My Business, verify your listing, which most people listening probably have done that, uh, but then fully, fully, fully utilize it. So your, your, your category, your website, hours of operation, you know, fill out your products and your services, you know, those attribute, attributes, your description, um, upload your photos, uh, geotag the photos if you can. If you're, taking your, if you're taking pictures with your phone and location device is on, 
those photos will automatically be geotagged. And when you upload them to Google My Business, it has like the information as to where the photo was taken. Um, I think that's, and the la- I guess the last thing I would say is um, invest in some citations, which means like your name, your address and phone number being put out there, local directories. You can sign up with a service like Yext. It pushes your information out across all the major directories and it gets your information out there and that helps your Google Maps rankings. Um, and we're seeing it to be a good driver of calls, you know, leads, uh, website visits, direction requests, so forth. I miss Google+. Plus. I loved it. And it was the weirdest social media platform ever. Um, and I know this is the replacement um, for it and you can do posts on it. But what I loved about it is anytime we did a Facebook post, a Twitter post, anything like that, we would also mirror it over into Google. So what would find is all of our rankings would show up first page because Google loved us and they didn't really look at anything for Facebook and Twitter. And it yeah. was phenomenal for SEO. And I'm still so sad that it went away. But the what this does is instead of being able to keep long-term posts up, you can put posts still and content up, but it only gives you a short window before it expires. So you're constantly needing to update um, the content material that you're putting on it, correct? Right. You're absolutely right. I think it's a yeah. week, I think it is, or five days. I can't remember, but yeah, we, we, we post weekly on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do we post? Well, announcements, blog posts, anything that's a, a good piece of like, because basically what happens when someone Googles your name, um, you know, the sidebar what you see there is that's Google My Business. It's it's taking your information, it's the reviews and everything, and then your posts. So if someone's considering doing business with you, they're gonna probably Google your name. So something to type in, they're gonna go go to Google, type in Valentine Corp, and then the sidebar, they're gonna see all our information, our reviews, the posts that we've done, um, our social media profiles. So it really kind of pre-sells the person before they actually visit your site to then uh, you know convert into a lead. So it's been I don't know. I, I'm really I'm like really hot on it right now. Um, I've just actually, we're going through some more training right now here, here as a team. I'm badgering them to like go through all this training. Um, and then we're going to make some changes because it's like, like, like we talked about in the beginning, everything changing. Well, this thing, this Google My Business, it's changing too. So just trying to stay on top of what works best for, uh, oh, actually one more tip on that. Um, I just thought of there's, you have the ability to ask questions in Google My Business. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever seen like ask this business a question, you know, that's a really good engagement tool. So you, you want your customers asking you questions through Google My Business mm-hmm. because it's a good engagement tool. So you, you put yourself in Google's shoes. If they see a listing with it's fully filled out, geotagged photos, services, descriptions, everything, and then they see a lot of questions and answers flowing back, that's a very engaging listing with reviews too. Uh, you know, it's going to make sense for them to show that, that listing in the map pack versus another business that's sort of just flatlined. Yeah. And then on the content that you're posting and you said, you know, you're updating it on a weekly basis, does it have to be fresh content? Could you post the same thing every week because it's expiring or is Google going to kind of penalize you for repetitive content? It's a good question. I, I don't, we post always new content. So what will, I don't know if it'll penalize you, but I, I would, I, I don't know the, I don't know the exact answer for that. But if I had to guess, I would say, you want fresh content, you know, you go back to SEO, duplicate content is a bad thing. I don't think that carries over to the posts, but I think logically speaking, if they see the same thing being posted over and over again, they probably devalue it. If I just had to make an assumption, um, you know, our typical client with all the content we produce for them, um, it, there's, there's never something not to post about. There's always something fresh to post about, but what you could do is recycle old stuff. I'm sure if you go back three months, 
you know, cause it's only up there for a week that everyone's going to see it. It's like a social post. There's those tools out there that recycle old posts because, you know, social media is very fleeting. And so not everyone's going to see it. So you can post something you can in theory post on social media, something every day and new people are going to see it every day. Yeah. Um, so with posts, I would vary it up and maybe three months, two months down the road, go back to other stuff, the old stuff and then repurpose it. I think that would be fine. There's a software called Missing Letter, and they're not paying, they're not promoting. I'm just, I, we use it. And what it allows you to do is put in your social post, and then it will create different artwork for you. It will change the text on it. So you have your live link in there, and it will restructure it so that you can take one piece of content and then it will magically, I love AI, it will magically repurpose and, and create uh, multiples of the exact same thing that you can then schedule out throughout a year time period and you can set up a posting schedule with it. So that's a really good way, guys, to huh. uh, look at something um, where you're not going to be like, I am going to be creating content to the rest of my life um, and <laughs> tools that are handy. Uh, uh, what's it called? Missing letter. It's called missing letter. And it's, I think it's M I S S I N G L E T T R. Cause it's the last little E that's missing letter. Okay. Missing letter. Yeah. I haven't it's heard handy. that. I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of tools. My brother, Scott here, he has like rein me in on the expenses. Cause I'm always like, Oh, this tool, this tool, this tool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> me too. And I own the agency and I'm the one that's supposed to rein me in. And it's a very dangerous thing. My team's always like, what do we have now? What is on that password board? What is it that you're saying we have to try to use? Like, yes. Try new technology. Oh, it's, but it's okay. Like we use, we use Trello for keeping track of all the clients. We even keep, uh, use Trello for like our graphic designers and web developers, yeah. like their tasks and, I just couldn't wait. What, what would you do without it? Like email? Yeah. It'd just be a nightmare. Right. So technology, when you embrace it. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Canva also, super easy for making all this uh, content. Love yeah. Canva. Love Canva. Yeah, Love Canva. that's a big one. Yeah. It's a big one. Um, so now I'm forgetting what number we're at, but I'm just going to keep on going. Three. So, You're on three. We three? Would be one, which was the um, blogging and 1.5 with redirecting. And then we went into Google, uh, my business. And the foundation. And so, foundations. Yes. Yeah. Foundation. Um, four. We're on something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing, um, I mean, we could do SEO, uh, SEO and PPC. Mm-hmm. They're separate strategies. So it could be three and four, but it's really, I kind of lump them together because it's like, you know, it's, it's going after keywords, you know, search engine marketing, going after keywords, um, just organically and then paid. So SEO, you're going after the organic side, mm-hmm. the organic listings paid, you're going after the paid traffic. Both are very key drivers for leads for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're going after like, you know, if you think about a typical manufacturer, they're looking for not, I mean, maybe they're looking for opt-ins for a newsletter, but typically they're looking to us for like inquiries, mm-hmm. like, Hey, I want more information about your products. Um, so SEO and PPC are very key because those are people that have a need. They're, they, they're looking for something. That's why they're on Google. It's not like social media where we're getting in front of the right people and just hoping the timing is right. You know, um, it's, it's their, their timing is right. Cause they're looking. And so, <clears throat> uh, let's get some tips around SEO first. Some of the stuff I talked about in the beginning and with Google, my business applies here. So Google, my business is organic. It's SEO. It's just the maps version of the local version. Um, and then, you know, having a mobile responsive website, a fast loading website, like you mentioned, secure URLs, those are all definitely ranking factors <clears throat> in Google. Um, other factors, I'm trying to think of things that, you know, 
that your audience could implement right away is making sure that all the pages have the, the, all the pages have like a keyword strategy behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a tool. Can I mention a tool on here? I'm not affiliated yeah, with course. it. But, I'm okay. not affiliated with any tools. You can mention tools away. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll tell you what we use. So we use um, SDMrush for a lot of things with SEO, keyword research, monitoring the site health, the health of a site, yeah. um, a lot of different things, keyword we, tracking. We use it as well. Oh, do you really? Yeah, okay. we do. Yeah. They have this, um, so now I'm going down a rabbit, I'm going to about to go down a rabbit hole, but I think it'll be valuable. So they, I don't know if it's a new tool, but it's new to us. They have this thing called content template where you put in a primary keyword, mm-hmm. like let's say digital marketing or whatever. Um, and then it'll scan the top 10 of that keyword. It'll tell you the average word length for each, per, for each, for each listing in the top 10. So you can kind of get in the same ballpark and it'll just give you all this information. I'll tell you like related terms that you should include in your content. Mm-hmm. So it's basically giving you like a blueprint for making that content rock solid. Um, really? Yeah, it's called content template. Okay. You plug in the keyword and boom, it just gives you the whole recipe. Very um, cool. so that's SEM rush. It's fairly expensive. A, a, a cheaper alternative that's becoming really, really good is Ubersuggest. Yeah. It used to be free. It's still semi-free. Now it's like $10 a month, still very affordable. That's Neil Patel's business, yes. one of his spinoffs. Yes. Yep. He eventually, it was free for a while and uh-huh. still semi-free. It's still $10 a month. I mean, for yeah. what for what he's give, giving with that tool, it's like, so it's so worth it. Yeah, um, I think, and I think um, SEO Rush is, I think, around 100 to 150, somewhere in there. For a single user. For a single license, user, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say start off with Ubersuggest. Um, it'll get you 90% of the way there. Um, and for, you know, a really good price. So anyway. SEO Rush. Yeah. Yeah. SCM, so, yeah. I'm like making things up. I'm like SEO Rush. It's SEM Rush. So yes. SEM Rush. SEM Rush. Yep. Yep. SEMrush.com and then Ubersuggest.io. Yeah, the domain names. Um, so, having a keyword strategy behind each piece of piece of content. So, you know, if you go into uh, Uber suggests you plug in your your keyword, or you plug in your domain, or you plug in your competitors' domains, you're going to get a whole list of keywords back with the with the SEO um, competitiveness of it. Um, just a whole plethora of like search volume, and so from there you can start to map out exactly what your target audience is searching for. And so, what we like to do is had that whole spreadsheet. We kind of mine through the keywords. We have the spreadsheet. And then once we have the spreadsheet, we map the right pages to the right keywords. And so once you have like that kind of that blueprint of the, the keywords married up to the pages, well, then you've got a clear direction as to, okay, I'm on this page. These are the keywords. I need to include these keywords in the content and the metadata and the image tags, um, what's called on-page optimization. So basically just making sure that each page has a clear keyword strategy behind it. Um, that's going to help you rank better and it's going to help you get more leads. The more optimized your pages are, the more people that are going to find it organically. And then the more keep the more leads in theory you should have, you should get. And it um, gives you the ability to have topics for your blogs that you're going to be writing um, yes. as well that are actually going to be found versus you writing on something that's so esoteric. No one ever looks it up. That's a great point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what we like to do there is, use the long tail keywords for the blogs and then use like the more competitive terms for the service product homepage type, you know, type pages. Um, and then I would say, um, that's definitely something that your audience could do right away. The the next thing would be, uh, it's still important, believe it or not, link building, you know, getting other sites. So basically write for other blogs, get a link back to your site, submit your site to directories like local directories, 
Um, when you exhibit at trade shows, you give to charity, usually you get a link back from that. Um, just look for opportunities to get other sites to link back to your site. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of like a vote for your site is going to raise your SEO. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a key factor still. And you know, you can knock on other sites doors. The easiest way to do it is find blogs that, you know, have some sort of relevancy to your business. Look to see when they are linking to your competitors. Um, or if you've created content, you can knock on that, um, sites that company's door and say you know i read this article and i would love to you know contribute and and let you know that we have written this article that you could link to um we're happy to promote this um, within our organization through our socials and bring you more eyeballs i mean i will tell you we get dozens and dozens of requests yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. from our agency on a weekly basis to do this on our blogs because we have, you know, we've been writing since 2012. We have really good Google authority. We have great ranking. We have a really wide readership. So we're very highly sought after by these people. And we're still happy to do it on occasion if it makes sense because it's going to expose our agency to their audience because they're going to be taking um, our link and sharing it out through their, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or whatever it might be. Um, and, and that's nice. And, and that gives me a new potential lead source. So. Yeah. yeah you're basically, you, you're yeah. basically utilizing their, their network and, yeah. you know, piggybacking off of yeah. their network as well. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of when, when you're giving them the good content and, you know, they're giving you shares and, and links. Yeah. Um, I think that's good for SEO. I mean, you know, the content upgrade I mentioned before, that's really key for SEO. Whenever we do a content upgrade, we always, as least time of this recording, we always see an increase in rankings um, and traffic. Yeah. And so I think that's another SEO thing that your uh, SEO strategy that your audience can implement right away. Um, and then with PPC, that's, um, that's a pretty, I would, what I would say there it's a pretty complicated beast. Um, it's very technical and you can, you can easily lose a lot of money, but if you're going to manage it yourself, what I would say is make sure you're focusing on your negative list, your negative keyword list, basically trying to filter out the search terms you do not want to be showing for. That's where most of the budget gets wasted is that you're, you're matching, you're, you're running ads for like keywords that are broad match. So you're getting this flood of traffic and, half of it or most of it is not really going to ever have a chance of converting because it's not related yeah. enough. And so you have to build it really focus on negative keyword list and make sure that the, the traffic you're getting as high quality as possible. So that when you're getting those track that tra those clicks over to your website, they're the, they're the right audience. And then they're going to have a higher chance of converting into the, into a lead. And that's where you're going to be wanting to look at more of a long tail keyword, something that is multiple words versus just one or two words to direct you there so that you don't get kind of lost in all of that, right? Yeah. I mean, especially on the niche, we have like some clients are in the finance space where clicks are ma mega expensive. And so mm -hmm. it's a matter of like, how can we still get the right keywords? But like what you said, long tail, a little bit less money. Um, still have search volume. Uh, we like to experiment with like office hours, like, if, you know, only running ads during their office hours mm -hmm. so that, you know, if a lead does come in, it's a phone call. You can actually get them on the phone right away because, you know, it, you know, if, if you don't get back to the lead right away, the chances of closing them are, they, it just gets harder and harder as more time goes on. So if you run ads during office hours and you get a call, you're there to answer it. And then you just have a better chance to turn that into a customer or a client. Do you do, do you use chat boxes as well? 
No, we run. Um, we do not chatbots. No, we don't. Um, we run ads like Facebook Messenger, um, um, but we don't use chatbot. We don't use chatbots on our site or um, anything like that. It's an interesting idea. Um, on WordPress, sometimes we experiment with like this plugin that adds a little uh, phone icon on your site on your phone to make mm-hmm. it very easy to call them. I know that's not the same thing, but um, why is it effective? Chatbots? You know, it, maybe if you actually staff it correctly, it is because uh, you, there's a certain AI component, which is great. But then there's, if they actually want to speak to someone, they're supposed to be on someone on the other end of that who can chat back and actually talk to someone, right? Yeah. And if you don't have it staffed and someone's at lunch, then you get angry people. So <laughs> yeah. we, we did a little like one month test on that. And it was just such a fail that until the technology evolves a little more or our agency is able to um, figure out how to actually be glued to our screen to see that little pop up and know that we need to respond to someone very quickly. Even though we'll send you a text message or an email, you have to be and have someone kind of like hyper tuned in to respond to it. That's right. Cause it, it yeah. could end up going working against you uh-huh. if you don't have someone that's knowledgeable to answer the chat. And yes. um, we've got one of our larger manufacturing clients. They just, they just um, implemented chat onto their site, but they've got a team of, I think of three or four salespeople mm-hmm. that it just kind of round robins amongst, amongst them. And so they, they know the answers to the questions cause they sell the products. And you know, in that case is like the perfect scenario for, perfect. for chat. Yeah. So. Don't expect that you can put an intern on your chat box. No. No, no, you're able to answer the questions. Yes. You know, have you ever been to like a wine.com? They've got live chat on their site and I think their chat or at least appears they're staffed by like experts. I can't remember really? what wine expert is, but they'll make recommendations. They know what they're talking about. So right there, that's like a good user experience. And that's, that's like what you're going for when you're looking for chat for, you know, lead, lead generation. And now we know that Ryan shops and likes wine. So wine <laughs> yeah. would be a good thing. Yeah, red wine. It's fine. <laughs> there you go. I accept. I accept gifts. Perfect. So that is. Um, I think that's. You know, we we use WordStream for PPC. It's sort of like mm-hmm. a second layer, sort of AI ish. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be something your audience might want to look at if they're if they want to manage the campaigns themselves, but they're sort of nervous about it. That is sort of like you know a little sidekick for PPC that makes recommendations. Um, yeah. So then I think the last thing to talk about is social media social media advertising and, and generating leads. You know, for us, for our typical client, we mostly use social media for more brand awareness and content syndication, like a content delivery network almost, where we've got all this content. How do we get it right in front of the right people? Well, yes, we're going to put it on the site. Google's eventually going to rank it. Um, we'll add it into an email newsletter um, and, you know, use, use that to get more eyeballs for the content. But then social media is a nat- natural fit for that. You, know, you do a post on it and you boost it to the right audience. Um, for getting leads, like we've had the most success in terms of lead generation with social, uh, running the lead formats. So that's where someone clicks on the button that they're interested, a pop-up shows, and then it's got, you know, their name at, their name and information pre-populated because Facebook already has all that information mm-hmm. and LinkedIn as well. And so we've had a lot of success using that to capture emails, uh, you know, uh, free quote requests, um, you know, softer, softer sales like that, not selling something, but just a soft, um, soft lead, like an opt-in. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then are you finding, because I know what we're finding, but with social media, if you're creating content and you're following all the rules and you're following schedules, 
if you don't actually put more dollars behind those posts that you're doing, you're not actually getting any more real eyeballs on it. You have to boost posts and content now, right? Yeah, honestly. So that's, that's a good uh, transition to a whole other topic here about frequency of posting. So we have been taking our clients down and down and down in terms of frequency of posts because unless they have these gigantic budgets, which most of them don't, to put ad spend behind every post, mm-hmm. it's just a real wasted effort. Like it looks good, the client sees it and they're happy, but it's not really doing anything for them. It's just sitting there with no one seeing it except for the people that are maybe visiting their Facebook page frequently, which is not the norm. So um, you're right, you have to put ad spend behind everything. So we'll typically, you know, depending on the budget we have, we'll, um, it will boost posts, we'll do remarketing on social media, we'll do the leaf form ads that I spoke about, standalone ads, you know, standalone meaning it's not on the page, we're just running a standalone ad. So we'll just experiment with the different, um, the different options to see what is the best fit for them. But you're right, it's you need to put ad spend behind it, for sure. Yeah, Pay otherwise, you're paying your team to post or you're using these magic platforms, but they're still putting the information in the platform for it to repopulate. And it looks lovely until you see the fact that there's really like no engagement and no comments and no anything. And you're like, what am I doing? Why am I spending this money? Yeah. It's deflating. If you look at big brands now, because we just like to see what big brands are doing. Um, If you look at, I mean, unless it's changed since I last checked a month ago, but like Coca-Cola, Campbell's Soup, you know, they're not, they're barely posting on social media anymore. They've got ads running like crazy, but they're not really posting much. Um, I think one thing, one thing worth mentioning here too, because this comes up a lot is, you know, the targeting for Facebook, mm-hmm. the fact that it's so stripped out now, like the targeting, you have the targeting options. Like, what do you do about that? Because we used to be able to literally run ads to people that buy cheese at the food store. That was like one of the options. Now that kind of stuff, it's more like interest and basic yeah. stuff. So one way we're kind of getting around it, I think it's um, something your audience might not know about is we're basically, we have a data provider. There's tons of data providers out there, but um, you can upload lists to Facebook and then find the matches and run ads. I'm sure you know that, but um, one workaround to the interest being stripped away is we'll buy like hash data from our data provider, people that are of a certain interest, demographic, behavioral selects, whatever the case is that the, they have a intent to buy a Toyota in the next six months or whatever. And, um, they give us that hashed file, meaning it's like encrypted, I guess. And then it's uploaded to Facebook, the matches process. And then we have an audience of really targeted people that we can run ads to. So we're not relying on the bare bone interest selects now at Facebook. We have like the actual real targeting data that's uploaded to Facebook and then we run ads. Yeah. And even looking at like lists of anyone that is your um, already current customers, you can leverage that and do something that's a similar search for that too. So yeah. that it can do some cross pollination on that. Yeah. You're uploading your list to Facebook and then you're sending emails to them. They're getting your Facebook ads and your feed. And then it's just like, you're kind of surrounding them. You're like you a know. sales marketing beast. <laughs> you're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. This is very, very tactical here. Hopefully it was helpful for your audience. I think it's um, awesome. It was helpful for me. It made me think back to some of the things that we're doing and what we could change and what we could oomph up. So no, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So any last parting words of advice for our audience? Um, I mean, I, I can give I can give a parting advice. It's not anything related to marketing, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. Um, besides, besides red wine, 
Slice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't make recommendations there unless you want Pinot Noir, go for that. But um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, morning routines. So I'm like a big personal development, like Jim Rohn kind of nut. And so, and I think this ties, it doesn't tie into marketing, but it ties into just general business because the more you take care of yourself, the better you're going to be during the day, the better you are during the day, the better you're going to be at your job and so forth and so forth. It's like a ripple effect. It also changes how you show up for your team. You know, it just has like this ripple effect that just influences everything. And um, so I'm a big fan of morning routines. You know, a morning routine can be different for everyone. It just depends on what you're looking to do. But, you know, I do meditation, uh, gratitude practice, and then um, like a light exercise, like kettlebell swings, like light exercise plan. Mm -hmm. I always change it. I find that like if you listen to past podcast episodes I've done, like where I talk about this, it's a little bit different because I'm always kind of tinkering with it. But my current thing is just – you know, that, that set of tasks and the bottom line is do a morning routine. So get up a little bit earlier, uh, start your day off on the, on the right foot, kind of check off the boxes on things that you should be doing, like taking care of your mind and your body. And it just influences the whole day. And I just, I don't know, I'm a big fan of it. I always, I always tell people about it. That's great advice. And then how can our listeners, if they're, if they're interested in reaching out to you, how can they reach out to you? How can they find you? And um, we'll have, you know, information show notes as far as your social handles and uh, business website, but share some more. Sure. Um, yeah. So I've got a page set up for you guys, uh, for your audience. Uh, they can go, if, if they go to it on there is a, an opportunity to connect with me on LinkedIn. I know very exciting. Um, and then also on there is an opportunity for, a free video review where I go through your site through screen share and I just give you my input. Um, I go through like a 10 minute video and just kind of give you my, my feedback. And if you go to valentine.com forward slash marketing mistakes, there's a, you can uh, request it there. What an awesome gift for everyone. Thank you. So Thank everyone you. will need to go to valentine.com uh, straight valentine.com. Perfect. And backslash marketing mistakes to find it. And we'll put that in the yeah. show notes as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, right, Ryan, thanks, Stacey. Thank you so much for being here. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you next week. And until then, have a wonderful time.